Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had. And she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first. And she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly. But when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the word, pray the word, study the word, proclaim the word, and live the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The Paraclete, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I can't understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. The application from third Sunday of Easter is as follows. The first reading tells us to have courage to speak out for Christ, just as the apostles spoke out. The second reading reveals to us that Jesus is our defense lawyer, and he has already won our case. The gospel calls for all to call on his name and be witnesses to his penance and forgiveness. This week, look at your values and priorities. What is important to you? Where is God on that list? Think about how to put God first in each of your activities each day this week. Your example will cause others 
to repent and turn to the Lord. The word of God and obedience to it is what is important to me. God is first on my list. I give him first thing in the morning, time to praise him and listen to him speak to me through his word and carry that love he loves me, that love he loves me with out into the street. I just went to my 90-year-old neighbor's house and prayed with her over the loss of her 19-year-old great-grandson. So sad. Ken's answer to that out of one of his books, I pray now to ask God to reveal to me how I could become the man, the husband, the father, the grandfather, and the head of the home. I think this is where God wants me to concentrate my thoughts on. He is revealing to me that the deeper my prayer life with him and the longer I spend time alone with him, the more that I will have to offer, I will have to offer others, especially my wife, Marie. So what was a new, a helpful or a new thought from the readings or from the homily heard on Sunday? And from what you learned, what personal application did you choose to apply to your life this week? Deacon Ken, from one of his books, wrote, Call on his name to give witness and forgiveness to people in our community. His application, I will be very much aware that my acting imitates Jesus enough that he will be wanted by those I come into contact with. My helpful thought from the readings is, the first thing Jesus said to his disciples when he appeared to them was, peace be with you. My application, when I recognize I am a temple of his spirit and he is with me, I have peace. Wherever Jesus is, there is peace. Not the peace of the world, but the peace that comes where Jesus is present. I used to be so afraid of what was happening in the world and in my life. But over the years of doing this study and recognizing his presence and his love for me, I have peace in my heart, and it has taken away fear. I have come to know God as a God of love, a love and love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. He is not a punishing God, but a loving God who disciplines us when we need it. This week is the fourth Sunday of Easter, John 10, 11 to 18. The gospel according to John. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand, who is no shepherd nor owner of the sheep, catches sight of the wolf coming and runs away, leaving the sheep to be snatched and scattered by the wolf. That is because he works for pay. He has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And in the same way that the father knows me and I know my father, for these sheep, I will give my life. I have other sheep who do not belong to this fold. I must lead them too. And they shall hear my voice. There shall be one flock then, one shepherd. The father loves me for this, that I lay down my life to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down freely. 
I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I received from my father, the word of the Lord. Questions. One, who is the good shepherd? Jesus. What does he do for the sheep? Lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, 7 and 11. We are so blessed having a shepherd like Jesus. Two, how did the God of peace bring up from the dead the good shepherd of the sheep? Hebrews 13, 20 says, May the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, Jesus our Lord. What does a hired hand who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own do when he sees a wolf coming? He runs away, leaving the sheep to be snatched and scattered by the wolf. What will the foolish shepherd not do and what may happen to him? Zechariah 11, 16 to 17 says, For I will raise up a shepherd in the land who will take no note of those that perish, nor seek the strays, nor heal the injured, nor feed what survives. He will eat the flesh of the fat, fat ones, and tear off their hoofs. Woe to my foolish shepherd who forsakes the flock. May the sword fall upon his arm and upon his right eye. Let his arm wither away entirely and his right eye be blind forever. Five, why does he have no concern for the sheep? John 10, 13, because he works for pay. What does the good shepherd know? I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He knows each one by possibly some little mark on them, just like Jesus knows each one of us by name. He knows everything about us and made each one of us uniquely his own. What do the good shepherd's sheep hear? His voice. Whom do they know? The good shepherd. And what do they do? Follow him. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Eight. Whom does the good shepherd know? His father. Who knows him? his father, and what will they do? Lay down their life for them. John 10, 15. Jesus knows his father and his father knows him. And just as the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, Jesus laid down his life for us in obedience to his father's will. Nine, what does the good shepherd have that does not belong to this foe? Other sheep, what must he do with these? lead them. And what will they hear? His voice. God wishes none to perish and all who believe in him will have eternal life. John 3 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him may not die but may have eternal life. 10. What happened to those who were far off? They have been brought near through the blood of Christ. What did he break down? The barrier of hostility that kept us apart. And through what did he do it? It was through his flesh. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 says, 
But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It is he who is our peace and who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility that kept us apart. In verses 15 and 16 say, in his own flesh, he abolished the law in his commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two and to make peace, reconciling both of us to God in one body through his cross, which, you, which put that enmity to death. So it was through his flesh that makes us. Why does the father love Jesus that I lay down my life to take it up again? How have we been consecrated? Hebrews 10, 9 and 10. Then he says, I have come to do your will. In other words, he takes away the first covenant to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 13. What is the command Jesus received from the Father? John 10, 18. No one takes it from me. I lay it down freely. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I received from my father. How did Jesus humble himself? Philippians 2.8 says, he, he was known to be of human estate and it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death on a cross. A personal question. How are you like the good shepherd? And how are you like the hired ham with your family, friends, co-workers, and so forth? Deacon Ken said from one of his books, in fact, his book dated 1999 to 2006, he said, I am loyal and trustworthy. And then he said, I am not at all like the hired hand. And me, I, I answered that whenever I'm more concerned about my my own feelings than I am about others. I am like the hired hand. Whenever I think of the needs of others and do what I can to fill that need, I am like the good shepherd. I do only what is good for my family. Today, my example of obedience to God's word in the teachings of the church shows my love for God, my family, and all I come in contact with. The commentary. This gospel is a powerful reminder that every living person on this earth is under the loving care and concern of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. We call him the good shepherd because he not only took many risks for his flock, but he also died defending it. A shepherd was someone who grew up knowing, caring, and protecting a flock of sheep. He was born for the, that noble, lonely, and very dangerous role. Shepherds were not in the business for money. And when dangers such as wolves, lions, or bears attacked the flock, the shepherd would fight back to the bitter end. A shepherd had to show evidence that he fought against the attackers. The hireling, on the other hand, would run from the attack and expose the flock to very serious danger. 
the shepherd is committed to his sheep. The term good shepherd, like the term good doctor, meant not only did he have the necessary skills to do the job, but he also had a quality of love and gentleness. Jesus was the good shepherd, par excellence. He was not just doing his job. He was committed to love us, and he laid down his life for us. Today, the flock is the church, and the good shepherd is Jesus Christ. Today, there is the danger of the hirelings not taking proper care of their flocks. When the dangers of the world attack the flock, the hirelings of today's church run away from their flocks. The church is always liable to attack from the outside, and it is also liable to trouble from the inside due to the tragedy of bad leadership. The second danger is by far the worst, because if the shepherd is faithful and good, there is a strong defense against the outside attack. But if the shepherd is a hireling and is faithless, then the foes who penetrate into the flock and severely damage it. The church's first essential is a leadership based on the example of Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. Let us hold our shepherds up in prayer constantly so that they may become not only shepherds, but good shepherds. Our application for this week, the first reading challenges us to ask, am I ready to die? The second reading tells us that God is our permanent and loving father. The gospel shows us that we are being called to be good shepherds. This week, pray, listen, and love with your actions to your children. Pray, listen, and forgive your father, dead or alive. Pray, listen, and pray for forgiveness of all earthly fathers, that they will repent and seek healing in Jesus Christ. Pray, Listen, listen, and listen to your Heavenly Father. Let us close in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this week. And thank you for the teaching tonight, uh, today on this good, our good shepherd. You are a good shepherd. We love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Amen. See you next week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you.
John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.